I'm John. And I'm Keith. And this is Blumadoodle. Your somewhat reliable source of information for most things. Most things. Including. But not limited to Spartans and ninjas, Keith. Yes, one of our classic versus episodes, Keith, you've been wanting to do this for a long time. I really have. And here we are finally doing it. And this isn't like the little comic book deal right here. With Flumadiddle, we rise above, Keith. You've got history. You've got Spartan and feudal Japanese reality about to come at you. A little history, a little where these folks and situations came from. And then we'll work it into... uh, Three different battle scenarios. Right. Keith. If you're new to Flumadiddle, um, just go ahead and say we usually do either history, science, or pop culture. It's basically yeah. our three main things. But we like to just make it a little fun. So a lot of times with the history stuff, we will do kind of a versus episode. Absolutely. Like, for instance, we did the Real Gangs of New York, and it was Old yep. Smoke versus Bill the Butcher. So this one, uh, we want to do the history of like Spartan soldiers and ninjas. Did we do and a, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. Didn't we do a. Um, did we do like a Marvel DC something like? Yeah, Sp- yeah, that Spider-Man was see versus... that was a versus on the pop culture side, really. I okay. guess you know, but we also did um, Edison versus Tesla. Oh, yeah, okay. that's a good yeah, history yeah, that's one. Good. Yeah, that's fun mm-hmm. stuff. But anyway, all right, Keith, well, start us out. Let's let's go back to those uh, BC times, those Peloponnesian War kind of days. Yeah, so to to see who wins between the the battle between the Spartan and the Ninja, we just really need to kind of dig down deep and see who we they were. Know who they are. Right? So let's start with the Spartans. The Spartans consisted of Dorians. The Dorians were, they were considered by legend the sons of Hercules. The sons of Hercules. Yeah. All right. (laughs) So um, they actually, at some point, according to legend, had been kicked out of their homeland. And so they returned and invaded, you know, what we know as the the land of Sparta. And um, they conquered it. Right at the end of the Bronze Age, John. All right. But before they could even establish a real home state, they were already going out and conquering other states. I mean, they were just conquerors, you know. They were, they were the, warriors. They were sons of Hercules. Sons of yeah. Hercules, indeed. Um, but, you know, when they got there, they did subjugate the local tribes, just kind of as you do, you that's know, how to, that thing as you works. do to build societies, right? You, you know, that's uh, something that's throughout history. And so they did, they did have slaves. So. Not perfect society, but they oh, were. No, they had a pretty. Yeah. The, both of these societies weren't one that you would necessarily want to model. Right. Your, exactly. your current society on, but uh, anyway, carry yeah. on, Keith. Tell us about these Spartans. Yeah, and and that makes me proud of America, right? We may have started off on the wrong foot, John, but we fix ourselves because we're, we're better than that, you know. So you don't see that in a lot of these societies in history. You don't we're ever sure see working them working towards it, Keith. Yeah, we're exactly. Moving forward. moving forward, right? But you, you just some of these societies you don't see that, you know. They throughout their history, you don't see where they changed or anything. But anyway, right? They established themselves um, with a couple of important wars. The first. And I may really butcher these names, man. But right. so, yeah, I've got some tough Japanese. You know, names I'm not a historian, <laughs> but we're uh, somewhat reliable. Well, I kind of, you know, my, my background is in history, but I'm not a, a linguist. How about that? Linguist. Is that what you say? Linguist. Linguist. Is it linguistist yeah. or linguist? See, that linguistics proves, that, proves that I'm not a linguist because I said linguistus, right? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> That's the word for the day, Keith. Linguistus. <laughs> We made that up. I'm going to define that later. There you go. (laughs) That's a flummadiddle word. That's a flummadiddle. All right, so they had a couple of wars. The first, a Messinian War, and it lasted about 20 years. All right. Um, And that was against the Arcanians, the (laughs) Arcanians, which was from the north 
Peloponnese. There you go. So, um, anyway, that that war lasted about twenty years, and they they came out, you know, on the positive of that. Um, but then they had another one. And this was a little more important: the Second Messenian War, which uh, was started by a slave uprising. So, okay, you know, they kind of got a foot in their butt from having slaves, right? They had a slave uprising. Um, as you should. As you should, right? And it lasted about 10 years. But they uh, they ended up winning. But it's not because they won this war that really made it so significant. It's what came out of it. They right. decided at this point, hey, we need to do something about all these uprisings, these wars that we're in. Okay. And that's when they decided to become a military state. Like okay. They decided, hey, we're going to become, we're gonna become career military Spartans. Yeah. I've got some of those in my story, too, Key. Oh. Interestingly enough. A couple wars there? 400 years worth. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's that's more than 30 years worth. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, so anyway... Sparta, they had about twenty to thirty-five thousand citizens, but they also had slaves and non-citizen workers, people who would just come and sell to the Spartans, you know, in the what you call the markets and stuff. Right. Um, so probably totaling around forty to fifty thousand people. You know, this seems so insignificant to us as Americans, right? Know, like three hundred million got people. More than that in our little yeah. city here. And think about like India and China. You know, like how many billions, billions of people they got. Billions. So you're talking about controlling the masses today. It would this a lot more masses, but they considered this a, a lot to control. Like a mass you know, so they they came up with a way to control the masses and to win um, in the battles and wars that they had to fight, and that was the Spartan the Spartan agoge or agog. Yeah, I saw that. That's the schools. Is that the schools? Yes, that they get the little boys in when they were. So their training, actually, John, believe it or not, the training started with strong women. All right. Did you know that? I did not know that, Keith. Spartan women were actually kind of well-known for being tough women. And the reason why is they actually would include women in some of these training things that they did. And the idea was is that a strong woman would be able to raise a strong boy. I got you. So, you know, it's kind of like they would be tough on their boys if they're strong right. themselves, you know. Right. So they would allow young ladies to go and and train with the boys, and it made them tough. And then so then when they had boys, you know, a boy comes up to you whining, and you're a lady, and you've been through all this stuff. You're a Spartan woman. Yeah, you're like, hey. Whip his head. Yeah, rub some dirt <laughs> on it, boy. You know, you're okay. Quit whining. So kind of reminds me of my wife a little bit, <laughs> raising two boys. But anyway, um so it started with strong women, and then they would raise the strong boys. Um, at the age of seven, seven years old, seven, John, man. the boys were signed over to the state. They were given That's to crazy. the state to go into their military training. Right. Um, and so they would live and train together, and this was some grueling training throughout their the rest of their life to the age of like 18 um, really 20, but I'll tell you what happens at 18. But anyway, at the age of seven, they would go and they would live together. They were compelled to go barefoot, so the bottom of their feet would be callous and tough. They they wouldn't bathe or use a lot of ointment so that they could, you know, just endure skin disorders and stuff like that. Right. Just make them physically tough, you know. They would uh, even not feed them a lot, so they would know what it's like to be starving. And uh, be able to go long periods of time without 
food, you know. Right. Endurance, right? And Endurance. then also they would, um, on top of that, not feeding them a lot, encourage them to go steal. And then if they got caught stealing, brutally punish them for it. Ain't that crazy? That is insane, man. It's like, hey, I'm not going to feed you. You can go steal your food. And then if you get caught, you're in trouble. But what happened was that would make them be stealthy. It taught them stealth, okay. you know. And so they, and that was the idea. They wanted them to be able to do that. They even had an annual ritual where they would steal cheese from the temple that was guarded by these guards with so whips. Try next cheese? And so they had to try to sneak by the guards and get the cheese from the temple without these guards catching them. And if they got caught, they get whooped by these guards, you know. That's crazy, yeah. man. So, um, and then at 18, I think 18 is when that really started a lot, you know, a lot of the stealing and stuff like that. That's when they really started teaching them to be stealthy. But then at 20, um, they had to pass a series of demanding tests. Um, if you ever watched the movie 300, you know, you see them go and do something with that wolf in the cave. You remember that? That's like one of those tests. Vaguely. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot on what these tests were, except right. for that they were demanding and grueling. Um, but, if they passed the test, then they would enter into the military in, into the military service, and they had a ten year military stint, twenty to thirty. Okay. Now here's the thing: you're actually considered a soldier till sixty, though. It's kind of like you're on reserve after thirty. Right. Like you could be called to battle at any time, all the way up till sixty. Wow. But you're in active military duty from, from 20, twenty to, to 30. thirty. All right. So every male citizen did this. Every single one. And so this made them legendary, you know, for being these just powerful, mighty soldiers. And then there's other things that happen too, like the movie 300 is obviously one of the big ones where you had this Persian army of, you know, they say like 2.5 million or something like that, I think, in the movie. But it, it was really probably more like two or 300,000. Right. Um, and the thing is, is, it's probably a little more than 300, too, because they actually did have some allies that were helping them. So it's more like probably twelve to 1,500 people right. holding off about two to 300,000. But here's what's cool, though. Even with the different numbers in the movie show, you know, 300 versus 2.5 million, that's a little bit of hyperbole. But you're talking about 1,500 versus two to three thousand, 300,000. That's oh, yeah. still, <laughs> you know, you're very much overwhelmed. But they got them in that gap. And they held them off for hours. And and that's, you know, that's not just legend. That's that's truth. You know, that's, right. that's fact. They, they have historical documentation of that. They held them off for hours. And it was said that they killed about twenty to 30,000. So you're talking about, you know, 1,500 soldiers killing a tenth of this large Persian army, pretty right. much 10% of this entire army in just this one little battle. And so that was a very motivating thing. It's kind of like remember the Alamo for them. You right. know what I mean? The Alamo, we they got killed, but it was just this thing that encouraged the soldiers to go on and fight and win, right? In the next battle, and it just made them legendary as soldiers. You know, right on. So Spartans, Spartans, we are man. Spartans. Dump a dump, I don't think that's what <laughs> it's <they> not. <laughs> That's that commercial. I forget. Farmers. <laughs> is that we what it is? Farmers. farmers. <laughs> dum, 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 dum. <laughs> so anyway, that is the history of Sparta. Now let's learn a little bit about the Ninja John. What you got? All right, Keith. So there's some similarities to what some of our folks, including yourself, would would connect with uh, ninja. So let's set up that time a little bit. Some people think the roots 
of what ultimately became the ninja mm-hmm. is Chinese. Yeah, I know. Because that's what I always thought. the ninja is actually a pronunciation of a Chinese word, ninsha. Oh, okay. So the Japanese actually call them shinobi. And the shinobi stands basically for those who act in stealth. Yeah, that's their big thing. That's their big thing. So imagine this, Keith. So maybe around the 10th century, the Tang Dynasty fell in China, said a lot of elites fled to Japan and a lot of warrior monks. And then possibly there's this idea that, you know, within a couple hundred years, this Daisuke, here's you some words, Keith, Togakura, he was a disgraced samurai, Keith. And he met Kane Dashi, a Chinese warrior monk. And together they started developing certain things that kind of fed this whole ninja thing. Now, I don't know if that's legend or not, but that pushes us on up into that time. I mentioned the word samurai. So let's go between 12, the 12th and 16th century. So just a few hundred years ago, as opposed to back in your BC days for your Spartans. Feudal Japan was very much like feudal Europe where you had a big feudal warlords or big feudal landowners, feudal lords as they called them. In Japan, you had the daimyo. They were the landowners. Mm-hmm. And they were under the shogun who was like the warrior king of the whole thing. All right, so these daimyos had samurais. And samurais were kind of roughly equivalent to knights in feudal England. Right. And they had a code called Bushido, which was like the code of chivalry. And so for this 400-year period, all these little feudal states and these landlords and stuff were constantly warring against each other in feudal Japan. Now, as is so often the case, on the bottom rung of society are the folks who are just caught in the middle, getting yeah. stepped on and pushed around, and they don't own land, they don't do whatever. So so you've got the peasant class and the farmer class, and generally, Keith, what we think of as ninja or shinobi were from that peasant class. Now, every now and then you would have a samurai that would become a ninja because as a samurai, if you're disgraced, you're basically supposed to ritually disembowel yourself. Yeah, I've seen that in the movie, yeah. The Last Samurai. So, yeah. yeah, so a lot of them were like, when it came down to it, were like, forget that. <laughs> I know, for real. <laughs> Never mind. Honor's out the door, man. Yeah. I'm going to be a ninja now. So um, anyway, so here I didn't know that was an option. That's definitely the option I would take. Yeah, exactly. Disembow yourself or become a ninja. Exactly. I think I'll take ninja. So let's look at it this way. There's these two places, Iga and Koka. They were regions about 40 minutes from modern-day Kyoto in Japan. Mm-hmm. Because of the geography, they were relatively spared a lot of the warlord intervention because it was just a rough area to be in. Yeah. But... They weren't immune to it. So what happened is these little communities kind of set up their own defense systems. And certain ones of the the men there generally were farmers. Hmm. But they trained mainly in endurance. So, you know, we see ninjas, like the ninja that you think of, like the black-clad guy with throwing stars, like running around on roofs and stuff. That's more of an invention of... Ian Fleming's in You Only Live Twice, the James Bond book and movie. Really? And guess who wrote that screenplay? Roald Dahl, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, BFG, James oh, really? and the Giant Peach. Okay. So that, that so the what we know as a ninja, is it really an invention of his in that movie, the James yeah. Bond movie? 
That's wow. where we now some of the aspects of it, the stealthiness and stuff is there. Yeah. But well, he probably what, got those ideas from somewhere, but he kind of he brought them on. together and riffed on so them. So from there up through the seventies and eighties, old T V shows like Beretta and Quincy and Hawaii Five O. Yeah. On up through movies like Octagon and Enter the Dragon and Enter the Ninja in the eighties. Yeah. So that's more of a just a myth. But the true ninjas were basically peasant farmers yeah. who trained in endurance they really didn't have as we think of it like a martial art yeah. like ninja you hear people talk about ninjutsu they didn't have a ninjutsu they didn't they weren't right. like a kung fu uh you know weren't like a temple priest who was like a Shaolin monk who was like Kung Fu master. They wasn't a Chris Farley in a white suit. Oh, my gosh. My <laughs> that's, son, that's my favorite, man. My son wanted to watch that movie, Beverly Hills Ninja. He's like, Dad, did you like that movie? I was like, I don't know. Oh, I love it. I said, it, it's yeah. so stupid. It is so stupid. But anyway, so we watched that. So that's actually, that's exactly what a ninja's like is Chris Farley. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's what I thought. No. So here we are in this mountainous region, right, with the times of feudal warlords and samurai. All these people fighting back and forth. Then you got these folks in the mountains just trying to protect their community. And their training was not martial. Yeah. It was more endurance training. Hmm. In those mountainous regions through heavy bush and stuff, just trekking for miles and miles, sitting under waterfalls for hours and hours. So they're in their stuff. You know what it reminds me of? What's that? Sniper training. Well, Exactly, because the kind of stuff they did allowed yeah. them to sit out in the dark, sit uncomfortably in places for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. So really what they are, let's go on into the ninja, and then I'm going to pull some of what you just said okay. in there, because that's very much what they're like. They're not a get down on the battlefield, Sparta's on one side, Athens is on the other. Yeah, That's what the samurais did. Right, They got out on the battlefield and they warred, but guess what? They... Always needed folks to do things like infiltration and spying yeah. and even assassination at times. And the assassinations were generally political in nature. Like this daimyo wants his samurais to, you know, kill the so-and-so that works for this other daimyo. Yeah. And so what happens basically is this group of kind of, I won't even really say warrior, but this class of farmer peasant generally – kind of rose up, and they weren't spiritual in the sense like uh, assassins during the Crusades or something, but they did have a certain spiritual sense of things that um, the idea of right-mindedness. It wasn't a religious thing, but they were big on having a very disciplined mindset. Okay. And that's that would allow them to sit and stay and be stealthy. So over the years, they develop these clans to protect their own region. But then their fame kind of grows that these guys are pretty skilled. Yeah. So now they become mercenaries for hire. Oh. So the samurai and the daimyo would hire them. So samurai both hated, feared, and needed the shinobi. Which is... Uh, what we know is a ninja, right? Right. Okay. So, because, see, samurai are held by the code of Bushido, honor mm-hmm. and all these things. So they couldn't openly do the dirty work. Yeah. They couldn't go infiltrate and assassinate and do this stuff. So they right. would hire these ninjas who kind of worked as clans. Yeah. You had the top ninja guy. He told the middle ninja guys, 
and or the shinobi. But think of it like this. They weren't these guys running around in suits, black suits. If they did wear a suit, it was more likely to be dark blue yeah. to blend in with the night. Huh. But if their idea is infiltration, what are they most likely going to look like when they're walking around during the day? A farmer. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's true. just a peasant. So they were like masters of disguises. So probably. what they remind me of, Keith, I mentioned earlier, is I've had, I got a thing about Vietnam War history. They remind me a lot of the Viet Cong in Vietnam. So the Viet Cong were a guerrilla arm of the North Vietnamese. They were communists, but they were farmers. That's why when you went into a village, you didn't know who was Viet Cong and who wasn't. And they didn't have martial training, per se, Yeah, but they could make do with anything. And they could endure. They could trek jungles. They could hide in tunnels under the earth yeah. that's the kind of stuff ninjas did so they could infiltrate like you mentioned infiltrate. the sniper thing mm-hmm. i think of in that sense like recon marines or snipers somebody that can stealthily go into enemy territory yeah not get detected possibly assassinate but not even that more likely it would be more like we're gathering intel and information and then if somebody catches you then you've got to be able to defend yourself right. and maybe fight. So you have a little bit of those skills for but, that reason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Can I make a ironic observation here? Sure. Um, we see them more like the ninja that James Bond movie produced. Oh, very much so. But in real life, they were more like James Bond. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because like they were like these almost like spies, you know, they yeah. could infiltrate. They, like could James blend Bond in always would that blend in and infiltrate kind of and all that stuff. I mean, it's kind of like that, you know? So, except they, these guys didn't have yeah. fancy clothes and, and Bentleys. But they would have if <laughs> they needed them, though. Right? <laughs> they would have used them if they, they would have needed, needed them. them. Right. Because that was the main thing. But now, they were kind of, like like we said, more like snipers a little bit. you know, A like little bit assassins, more. Assassins, you know. And so they were basically covert mercenaries. Now let's talk a little bit. A lot of times we think of weapons and yeah. stuff like that. They didn't have a certain weapon kit. Usually we see them with what? They didn't have a, a big katana. Yeah, or throwing stars. Like yeah. Ninja stars is the the big thing. Really. Well, we're going to hit that as a possibility. But first of all, if having a samurai sword and not being a samurai it was would be kind of the modern day equivalent of impersonating a police officer. Oh, and yeah. you could be executed. Oh, for wow. having a samurai sword and not being a samurai. Yeah. But so they, they didn't they, have, they would hide it though. They didn't have well they that's the thing. You can't hide a samurai sword. If they're sneaking but a ninja in somewhere. Can, John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they might have eggs. Yeah. With the stuff sucked out that had powder, like irritating powder in it. Oh. Man, it could like boom Poof. in somebody's face, boom, they're gone, right? Um there may have been stars, but they if they did have the stars, they weren't for throwing. They were for up-close slashing. Okay. All right. Their main weapon was called a Kasari Gama. Uh, this, this, go back to the stars for just a second. I've always thought those were kind of stupid weapons. Like, yeah. I feel like somebody threw one of those at me. I'd, you know, stick in my chest or something. I'd be like, ow, you come You know, pull it out and just throw it back at them. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Unless it hit you in the eyeball, maybe. Yeah, or the so, neck, I guess. I don't know. So the Kasari Gama is basically a cane sickle. Mm-hmm. It looked like, from the pictures I saw, two feet long, three feet long, with a hooked in and a chain attached to it. Oh, yeah. I so think I've seen those. They could walk around with that, though, and guess what that would be like? That would be like a farmer carrying a hoe. Yeah. You wouldn't it, think, oh, there's a ninja coming to... Right. It just looks like a farmer. He hoe. just looks like a farmer. Yeah. 
So oh. that's what put me in the mind of the whole Viet Cong thing. Yeah, yeah. They're cool. in that society. They're able to trek through the jungles, harsh endurance. All right. So, but a thing began to grow, Keith, the myth, half demon, half crow. That's where the ninjas came oh. from, Oh. All right. So let's get on down the road. We want to do some uh, some fighting. The, the neat thing I saw is the idea of no martial training. Yeah. It was really wild. They could fight, but it was more about endurance and stealth, which got us to the recon sniper kind of vibe. Right. So, Keith, that's a little bit about the ninjas. Now, okay. we've got three battles we're going to set up, Keith. Yeah, well, let's, let's, let's determine a winner, John. All right. All right. So yeah. the way we decided to do this is, like John said, three different battles, and best two out of three wins. So we're going to put them in three different scenarios. All right, and here they are, Keith. All right, go you for ready? it. We're going to drop a ninja into Sparta. Okay. We're going to drop a Spartan into the Iga Koka region of Japan. Okay. And then we're going to do a cage match. Okay. All right, so let's put the ninja in Sparta. Okay. All right, so what happens, Keith? Spartans, ninjas are not get out on the battlefield and let's go. One, two, three. Okay, so I would think that they're probably a little bit different ethnicity. So they would have to, the ninja would have to rely on his master of disguise. Very much so. He would have to be very stealthy not to get seen. And he may even come up with some elaborate story, like I'm this person from this foreign country. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He could do that. But he so knows how to do that stuff. He does. And what he's going to have to do, Keith. You know, how does this work? Are they like, okay, at 3 p.m. we're going to battle in Sparta today? Or do I know, do the ninja know who he's supposed to fight or kill? And maybe yeah. the Spartan doesn't. Yes, let's do that. Okay, so he's going to trek. Ultimately, he's going to find out who this guy is. Mm -hmm. And Keith, what's probably going to happen? I don't know, what do you think? He's not in the mountainous region. It's going to be much harder to conceal. And I would think in a society like that, a closed society, yes. for some little guy that's 120 pounds, 130 pounds, probably pretty short, yeah. even compared to the Spartan, he's going to stand. He's still going to stand out. He's going to stand out. So he's going to have to use his endurance to try to, to do this at a certain time of day, possibly taking a whole lot of time to get there. Um all right, so what happened? The Keith? mountainous regions of Sparta were pretty intense. I mean, they didn't even have to set up fortifications because of the natural fortifications. Right. So he's going to have to rely on that endurance that he has. Well, there's no doubt the Spartans going to have the home field advantage yeah. in that one. So I'm thinking, though, that like this guy, just with his ninja train, is going to be stealthy enough to, let's say it's King Leonidas. Okay. And he he's going to be stealth, stealthy enough to get past the guards, get into the room. He's going to get room. past the guards. He's going to get in there. He's going to be able to kill King Leonidas, no problem. I mean, because while he's sleeping, he'll never hear him. He'll never know he's there. I mean, that's a ninja for you. That's what they do, you know. Right. Okay. Possibly. Possibly. That's one scenario. Okay. But if if the ninja knows this guy's coming after him too, or the Spartan does, so the Spartan's looking for him. Okay. And if the Spartan... If Spartan knows he's there, it becomes the cage match. Knows right? he's there on Spartan turf. It's not exactly the cage match, but it's it ends up similar to the cage match. Yeah. So in that kind of situation, if the Spartan knows he's coming, he's on the lookout. He's aware and alert. I think he's going to have the advantage because he's going to have other Spartan warriors. Yeah. He's going to have the network that's going to be able to tell him, okay. Here, yeah, here's this guy. He's gonna be here at whatever, and he's gonna catch him. And the Spartans gonna run. Does Spartan have a big sword? No, they had the spears. Yeah, they had a spear the big and a spear small was their sword. Main thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. so he's gonna ram the spear through the ninja, and the ninja's gonna die in Spartan. Okay, dirt. Gotcha. 
Maybe. Maybe. We'll flip a coin. I'd say on the Spartan turf, I'm, I'd have to give it to the Spartan. Okay. I think the... I think probably the ninja's best chance of defeating the Spartan in any situation is going to be sneaking up on him. Well, it is, and that's where we're going to get to so, Japan now. So let's go to Japan. So we're dropping the Spartan into the mountainous regions of Japan. Okay. Iga or Koka. Okay. All right, so the ninja knows he's coming. Yes. Now Spartans, too, would also stand out amongst Very those, much. I think group. it's a very similar scenario, especially yeah. being in the jungles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like... I think what's going to happen is the ninja's going to use all his stealthy goodness and he's going to be able to sneak up behind near the Spartan and he's going to put the Kasari Gama. Okay. So in both in scenarios, they know they're coming. They know they're coming. Okay. Yeah, I'd say if in both scenarios they know they're coming, the first scenario, the Spartan wins if he right. knows he's coming. Okay. Second scenario, yeah, I feel like the ninja might win just because he could use his territory. He could use that. That's mm-hmm. what, and that's what the Viet Cong did. Yeah, they used these forests. They set up traps. And stuff. They yeah. set up traps, punchy yeah. pits, swing, you know, swinging yeah. stuff with, you know, like sticks with poop dipped on the end, so that when they impaled you, you'd get infected yeah. and stuff. So the ninjas got him. So we got one to one. So now one it's going to come one. down to the cage match. It's going to come down to the cage match. All right. So let's that's let, gonna first be... before we go to the cage match. Let's go through this other thing, and then we'll do the cage okay. match. What do you think? Do so, it. so we got uh, seven different things that a warrior has. We're going to give each one, and let me just go through a them. one to five: strength, training, maneuverability, stealth, speed, endurance, and weapons. Let's do one through ten. Just I like one through ten. All right. <laughs> you like five star. Five star. Five star. Let's do one Chinese buffet. All right, what's the first one? Strength. All right, strength. So what would the ninja have on strength? I'd say the ninja would maybe be a four or five. A four, okay. Yeah. The Spartan, man, they were some Probably a good seven or eight. Yeah, let's let's do eight, okay. Uh, What about training? Man, they both got pretty high on that. They both got pretty high, I guess, due to the fact of the way you got to give an edge to the Spartan. The fact that they kidnapped the children and torture (laughs) them for about 12 or 14 years. Yeah, because the farmers, uh, the ninjas later on in life when they're farmers, really probably, right? Now, yeah, and they probably, though, live, I don't want to say easier, but as they're older, they certainly live an easier life. The idea of a peasant farmer in Asia, just knowing what I know about Vietnam stuff, man, that was a grueling existence. Yeah. But these guys could rise a little bit above that due to their skills. Right. And kind of come from that, but rise above that a little bit. And so their whole life was an endurance match. But I'll give, I'd say I'd give the ninja an eight, eight. and the Spartan a nine. Okay. We got to leave the 10 open for some warrior we don't even know yet. Hey, yeah, okay. okay. All right, what's All right, what about maneuverability, man? That ninja. I think the ninja's going to get a good yeah. eight or nine on the maneuverability. Let's give it nine. All right. The Spartan, eh. I mean, they did train some of that stuff. To but that's not trying to steal. That's not their forte. Let's give them a five. Wait, okay. Okay. Um, stealth, I mean, come on. Yeah, you got to give the ninja about a nine. That's their whole thing. Yeah. Covert, like that sniper, man. They're but able it, to sit in, in that sit in that jungle or sit in that uncomfortable place for right, 32 kind of hours. But I wouldn't give a, a really extremely low to the Spartan because no, they did train give on them a stealing six or seven. and stuff. Let's do a six. Okay. okay. Six on that. Um, how about speed? Speed. I think the ninja. That may be a wash. That may be a wash. They're probably both about a six decent, or seven. Yeah. Let's give them both a seven. A seven. Okay. Endurance. That may be a wash too. Or close that's going to gonna be tough because yeah. that's what everything 
that the Shinobi trained for was all about endurance. Okay. That's everything. So a nine. Now they probably did some fighting training, but they did not have a martial art. They endured. So you yeah. want to like a nine? Yeah, let's give them a nine. And what do you think for the Spartan? Maybe a, I mean, they starved An eight and a half or nine. Yeah. Let's give them a nine, too. That's going to wash. That's pretty wash, yeah. I mean, like most of their training was based on endurance, too, really. Right. A lot of it was. Absolutely. All right, so weapons. Goodness. The ninja weapons kind of suck, really. I mean, they're they're useful because you can conceal them. They're useful them. for what they're doing. Yes. Like, they're, they're but, in a, the but in a cage match, which is what we're about to go to. Yeah, that big old, what, eight-foot spear or something? My gosh. Yeah, yeah. you got to give the weaponry is definitely. It's like probably in that day and age for the Spartan, their shield, their spear, and how they used it. I mean, you're getting close to a 10 on that just yeah. for the period they lived in. Let's put them a nine. Cause okay, give them a nine. Tens. And we'll give the ninja maybe a seven. Really? That good? Six. <laughs> six. Okay. Let's go. Because they were good. They were perfect for what they did. They were perfect for what they did. All, All right. Does right. that got them? Yeah. Let's add them up now. Okay. Let's see. The ninja. That's nine. Tell them that joke you know while we're waiting. All right. So a ninja and a Spartan walk into a bar. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know what happens there, but that that's a good joke. Yeah. See, see we laughed just saying that. Just a saying A ninja it, yeah. and a Spartan walked into a bar. So the ninja was 52. Okay. Let's see I what think the, the Spartans got it. They're going to be close on paper, but I think the Spartans are going to have a little bit of a lead. We're both one and one on their own turf and territory. We oh, give the battle. 53 for the Spartans. All right. So 53. And I think that goes right along the lines of what I would think as far as the cage match, but even... Even though they're that close, I think in a cage match, it wouldn't even be close. In a cage match, I don't think it would be close, Keith. The strength and the weaponry yeah. of a head-to-head battle. So let's play this out, man. You got the Spartan and the Ninja in there in the cage match. He's got his spear. Okay, maneuverability now is on up there, nine. He throws that spear and he misses. Or he's jabbing if they're in a cage. He yeah, he be. may jab, but he misses. I think he misses. The Ninja's Multiple got times. the thing. The, nin- the Spartan is going to get hacked up pretty good. Yeah, so the, the ninja that- starts hacking, but the, the Spartan is training endurance. He's really strong. He's tough. Plus, he's got a shield, so he's going to block a few he's of those He's going to block, and if he just wanted to, he could literally just bum rush him. Yes. Kind of like they do in those cases where that's you what just happens. rush him, and he gets on I top he, of him. Yeah, just- I think he, the ninja starts hacking. He gets annoyed by it, and he just picks him up by his throat, slams him on the ground, and just stabs yeah. him. You know? I think the yeah, the Spartan definitely wins the cage match, yeah. no doubt about it. So but then, he comes he comes out he he definitely looks like he took a serious lick. Oh yeah, yeah. Out. Ninja gets some licks in. He might sure. even lose a hand or yeah. some, you know, something yeah. like that with the with that thing what did you call it? He carries the, around. The comma Kasarigama. The car Kasarigama. And I do, and I do. I don't just say it's an absolute Spartan every time. I yeah. say eight or nine out of ten, maybe. But that time that that Spartan does something with that spear, and that ninja is able to dodge, mm-hmm. and he takes the Kasarigama and able to hit him in the throat or something. Yeah, occasionally without, he might win. Yeah. So if we had to run a whole bunch of simulations, it, though, I believe the, the Spartan would go it. to the Spartan. Yeah. All right. So and so that's two out of three. Spartan is the winner. Two out of three. He's our winner today, John. All right. Speaking of winners. Why don't you be a winner and hook up with our Patreon subscription service? There you go. Help yeah. us out if you like we, what we're doing. Yeah, we we really appreciate you guys, and we do this for y'all. So if y'all wouldn't mind, just go on there and give us a little support. We'd appreciate yeah, we it. sure would appreciate it. Uh, do you flum a diddle 
at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, you can go to Linktree, search Linktree, link and just uh, search Flummited on Linktree. Linktr.ee yeah. forward slash. Yeah, and you can go Flummited in one place to all of our stuff right there. Is it um, Flummited or D? Flummited. Okay. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. Grace and peace. God bless.